And welcome to another episode of Stucky Middle Podcast. I am your host, Reflex. We got a special guest in the building. Exciting episode today, man. But before that, as always, we got to do some housekeeping, SIT and podcasts on all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, everything that you are part of at SIT and podcast. Uh, write with us, man. If you are a writer out there, you want to write with us, SITM podcast 237 at gmail.com. Send us an email if you want to refer a guest as well. We are always looking for guests. We're booked till, you know what I'm saying, like the end of the year, but we'll slide them in there. SITM <laughs> podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We definitely want to give you updates if you hit the notification bell button every time we drop something new, couch talks, artist spotlight, and of course the interviews. We're about to get into right now. Man, she is a motivational motivational person i'm intrigued by this conversation about a half a mover and a shake of all things digital she's the co-host of speak her box podcast nadia marie sasso welcome to stuck in the middle podcast yo how are you feeling i'm feeling really really good it's i'm out here in la the weather's really nice and um i'm just ready to get outside you know and enjoy some outside calls money outside calls money. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily here, I mean, there's so much you can do for free. So like uh, this morning was yoga um, and then just hanging out and, just, you know, outdoor stuff. I'm trying to do outdoor stuff. You know, this Delta variant is very serious. So it's serious. Nah, that, I mean, yeah, live your outside, life. For real, not inside. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned, you know, living in LA now, but, you know, taking it back a little bit and getting to know Nadia, the person, your yes. grandparents actually settled in Washington, D.C. area, the 60s. Because yes. your grandfather's student visa, where yes. did they migrate from? Uh, they came from Sierra Leone, West Africa. Okay, so uh, yes. 60s and then, you know, your parents' generation and then you. How many siblings do you have? So I actually have a sister who recently passed last year. Oh, my condolences. And then, um, then I also have two cousins. You know how it is in an African household. You raise, your parents raise your cousins and they become your siblings. So it was about four of us raised together, but really it was just me and my sister. So wh where did you go to college? I went to Bucknell University. And then of course, LA is, is home right yes. now. LA is home right now. <laughs> did you spend any time in Sierra Leone at all? Or, you know, like, yes, I, yes, I did actually. It started off at Bucknell. I had started a nonprofit with my childhood friends. Um, Yeri required YWC, and so we got a grant where we went to Sierra Leone to de um, to deliver birthing kits and baby supplies and stuff. We were really trying to work on the maternal, the infant and maternal mortality rates that was so high in Sierra Leone. Started there, that was my first time, and then I just kept going back, kept doing work, kept uh, my hands on the ground. And then in grad school, I went to Cornell University to do my PhD in Africana studies. And I lived there for a whole year with my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a really, really, um, that was a really great time. It was really, it was a lot. It was a whole chapter in my dissertation, mm -hmm. but I'm glad that I did it because I lived alone. Um, I rented a place and my parents and were in the state so it was like experiencing the culture from a you know my own personal perspective rather than people like holding your hand and guiding you so really being steeped into the culture you know like where did that come from you know what i mean not only going back home starting non-profit and taking it back home to sierra leone and yeah. then studying it at a phd level like why so why did i do that i was really trying to connect with who i was and really understand um my upbringing and just really uh, I, you know, I really 
it was really hard for me growing up. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area and uh, mostly in PG County, went to Suitland High School. And it was like, it was always this thing where at home was a different culture and a different understanding and different expectations. And then what you did with your friends at school and the larger culture, uh, American culture was very different. And so it just has you confused, almost similar to the title in your podcast, stuck in the middle of like, uh, where do I go with this? Right. And then going to college into a, like a predominantly white university and then realizing, you know, in the DMV, it's like your blackness or where you come from and the countries you come from matter. But then going into this space where you're the minority, it's like, you're just black. And I was like, do I really understand what it means to be black, you know, in America and come from um, a lower income environment and different things? And then what does my African identity mean in this new space? And so kind of trying to understand that. And then the interest in Sierra Leone was like, what does, how has that played um, into who I am right now? Yes, I did. Um, my parents, they keep me well into the community in terms of cultural events, eating the food and different things like that. But I really needed to understand um, what that meant on a larger level. So for instance, my dissertation was um, looking at the I and the we um and the eye of like what you see with and the eye as an individual and then the eyes of like how everyone sees you and the we as the community and that was simply because you know the stuck in the middle for me was more so how do we in american culture you're taught to be more so like an individual mm -hmm. and to worry about yourself and within sierra leonean culture or some african larger context you're almost you're the eye is not as important as the we and right. the community right. and so i really wanted to understand that and how that was playing a role and how i was developing myself and also as i started raising another you know raising another human being yeah now and another aspect of that you know you break it down so well. another aspect of that is you grew you grew up you know really really you know having your head in the books and then you know you speak well of your family having brothers and family members who were in the streets you know what i mean like you speak yeah. about your mother you know, yeah. being, you know, the African way with culture and be family oriented. Now you got yeah. brothers who are in the streets. So how did you, how, how were you able to navigate that and come out to be who you are today? Oh, I mean, look, I have a lot of street smarts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I joke with people like, you know, I joke a lot like, oh yeah, I'm a refined harass sometimes, but it really is just, I think it's being able to, I learned a lot. I Well, let me take that back. It was, it was a lot in a sense that I learned a lot. I learned how to maneuver. Um, I don't take for granted or look down on my mom's brothers or siblings or even my own siblings that have been caught up in the law because that just speaks to what it means to be black in America. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely told me how to be creative, how to understand certain systems, how to um, just basically how to navigate. And those are life lessons that I can never take away. So I'm always going to be grateful for that. Uh, was it harder to maneuver in some of those situations when like your peers are not worrying about some of those things? So like phone calls from jail or different things like that. Yes, it definitely is. But I think that's just a part of my story and my character um, and who I am. And uh, yeah, we just have a very interesting family, especially because, you know, and within the African culture or like being the Africans in America, in America, that's like a no-no and like, you mm -hmm. don't want to do that. And those are like horrible things and people shun you. And yes, I have been in public spaces or in spaces where people are like, uh, I don't know about her, her family's kind of mm -hmm. rough around the edges. But, you know, I think everybody deserves to uh, tell their truth, own their story and 
I'm definitely going to own that. And that that's just a part of who I am. <laughs> how, how much of knowing where you are from, your roots, you know, like just speaking back of that, influence who you are today? And when, when did you actually realize that? Like my roots in terms of like where I come from and where the, you come the, from in the family that, you know, you represent. Oh, um, how much of that is it? I think it's everything of who I am today, to mm -hmm. be very honest with you. Um, you know, my point of reference to things, how I handle things, what is important to me, culture, tradition, family is just very important. It's just finding a balance, you know, trying to find a balance between it. And um, all of those experiences are just like, I don't know, I just see the world very differently and very open to different things. I think also because, uh, because of my family's cultural understanding and their experiences, I think I'm just a lot more humble and a lot more, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, just open to different things and different experiences because you just never know. You can't judge anybody because you just never know where you're going to be tomorrow. You could be up at the top tomorrow and then the rug gets pulled from under you and you're back at the bottom with everybody else. So understand right. that everybody is just as important no matter where they are in life. Yeah. You know, we, we're having this conversation right now, this interview right now. Some people might not know who Nadia is, you know, like this mover and shaking all things digital, you yeah. know, like in the digital space. Um, and we're getting there, but I want to, I want to still, you know, like, uh, still lay the foundation. When, when did you actually move from the DMV area? So I left in 2007 when I was going to Bucknell University for the first mm -hmm. time. And then mm -hmm. I kind of, I never really lived in the DMV after that. I visited frequently because I had family that's there. I recently had my parents move out here like a year ago to LA. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's simply because I, really wanted to do like a lot more creative work and storytelling. And right now LA is just a little bit easier for me to navigate. Um, I have an uncle here that's in the industry and I was here uh, before going to before going to graduate school. Mm -hmm. And when I tried it in the DMV, I think I'm definitely eventually gonna go back and definitely have roots in the DMV again. But for now, this is just a place where it's just easier for me to navigate resource-wise than it is in the DMV. So you would say that's the why, why you left, left the DC, Maryland, Virginia area and, you know, yeah. to move to LA because it's much more, you know, easier there and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely would go back to Sierra Leone as well. I think mm -hmm. I only left uh, simply because it's a little bit more expensive to be there with a child, mm -hmm. <laughs> an American born child, but, um, I definitely see myself being in multiple spaces. I don't, um, I think home is wherever you are mm -hmm. and not necessarily like one place on the map. No, that's facts. A lot of people, you know, create, I, I speak to a lot of creatives, creative myself, you know, in LA being the hub of all things create, creative yeah. or creation. Um, it's like, man, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be. You know what I mean? Like you got a lot of homelessness or people who went there for the big dreams, you know what I mean? And yeah. making it is, you know, what, what are your struggles? What are some things that, you know, in building this empire that you're building right now, you know, having the I Am movie and, you know, that and in the, the other documentary, like what has been some struggles that you face in, in this move, in this, you know, exodus? And how did, how would you, were you able to, uh, you know, overcome it? I think the biggest struggle really is, uh, I talk a lot about owning your story. And really for me, a lot of the work that I do in the digital space, the film space and the creative space is really just um, sharing black stories and black culture and black tradition. And I think that has been the hardest part mm -hmm. uh, simply because whoever funds your project and whoever gives you the money to do what you're doing necessarily controls your project. Mm -hmm. And though, though the people that have the money and the resources, are they really aligned and understanding of what 
it is to put on like for your culture and really represent that space. Mm -hmm. And so that has been, I would say the biggest struggle is creating content and curating or producing content that is in line and respects the culture in which we come from and not being blinded by money and resources and people throwing things at you and kind of like just really upholding your integrity and who you are, not just for money. Mm -hmm. And so why, why media though? Why film? Why, you know, why storytelling visually for you? For me, I think I'm just a heavily visual learner. So I've had like issues with like focus a lot and just attention and different things. And so being a heavily visual person, it's just been easier way for me to learn. And then I'm not saying, of course, I've been in the books a lot. So clearly I know how, <laughs> I'm not trying to take the place of like reading and research and discovery. However, I do believe that media is something that is taking over and it's people's first entry point to exploring a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. not why not use the very tool that is controlling people and really in people's faces right now to kind of get them to see a different perspective and inspire them to look deeper, to research, to read more, to learn more, to travel more, whatever that case may be. Yeah. So you, you, you know, you had two, I'm going to say two, you know, short projects, documentary films out and then you got a 13, about 31, I believe it's called. Yes. The albums. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got, you got some, you got that. That was very creative. People who are not familiar, definitely go on Instagram, check that out. Yeah. Um, how, how were you able to fund those projects? You know, especially the, the I am movie. So am I the film was I keep saying I am, but it's am I. It's, it's just okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's it's because it really it was a question of a title, so I totally mm -hmm. get it. Uh, but that film and, was and if you don't mind saying the subtitle, because you know it's, oh, it's okay. so, yeah, the film was Am I Too African to be American, Too American to be African. Mm -hmm. And how I funded that, that was very creative. So I literally was in my master's program at Lehigh University at the time. And I stumbled across a documentary filmmaking course. And while I was in the course, I really, maybe suffering from imposter syndrome, I was like, I'm not a filmmaker, but here I am turning in the, the rough cut of the film as a thesis. And I was able to go from every department and say, hey, look, I'm trying to make this film. Mm -hmm. I'll come back and talk to your class or your department for free or basically barter services in exchange for funds to support this research project. So mm -hmm. I presented it as a research project. I definitely maxed out some credit cards. And then I did some, I did some crowdfunding on Indiegogo. Uh, and from there, I was able to produce and finish the project and do it how I wanted to do it and tell the stories that I wanted to tell, which was the most important aspect of it. So I've basically kind of, for most of my projects, all of them, I self-funded or went on personal fundraising uh, just to bring it together. Would you, would you do it the same way again? And so for somebody, you know, like looking and watching your story, following you right now, it's looking to do, you know, following your footsteps or do something, you know, even bigger, better. Would you do it the same way? Or how is it working now as you're building your brand and, you know, working on your next projects? Ooh, would I do it? I think I would probably do it the same way because I don't know any other way. At the time I was in the academic um, field and people really, um, 
people really sleep on academia in terms of how much money and funding they have and resources. And my first introduction was just being offered scholarships and funding. And then it became traveling and studying abroad. Then it was like the, the nonprofit and all of this coming from that, those funds and access to funds coming from this academic space. Mm -hmm. And then realizing, okay, everything is in academia, film, TV, all of that stuff. So why not they use films and they use tv shows in your classroom so why not then put their money behind content and actually creating helping to be you know content creators so mm -hmm. i don't think i would do it any other way um it also was a great publicity tool for me because i was able to go on a tour and public speaking and really just have college students really help mobilize and make that thing go off the ground because I had no marketing budget. So mm -hmm. if I would do it all over again, I would do the exact same thing because it was an industry. It was an arena or creative way for me to get something I wanted done that no one else was really doing. How was it received? How was it received? I think it was well received. If um, There were people who were definitely offended. And for me, I have a mentor who always taught me that if someone, if people like what you're doing, great. If they don't like what you're doing, you're doing your job. You're still doing your job because they can now go out and create something bigger and better. They can talk about something that you didn't mention and you've started the conversation. And that was the main, um, I would say purpose about Am I the Film was to get the conversation going. We always talk about, kind of like your podcast, we always talk about what it's like growing up being African and American, being in these spaces, but we kind of talk about it behind closed doors. And on with this film and on tour, I you won't be you'll be surprised how many people came up to me saying that they're glad that they were able to see themselves or things that they were struggling with, because sometimes that leads to mental health or depression, or you not knowing yourself and understanding yourself, especially sometimes when you're in spaces where people don't look like you play a role into how you're not able to accomplish things. So I'm just happy that people were able to do that. They were able to have conversations. They were able to see diversity within blackness that all of us are not the same. And they were also able to see themselves in order to appreciate who they were and how they were different in order to keep, you know, keep striving for greatness. Yeah. Um, where, where can people find it right now for people who haven't watched it yet? So right now they can definitely find it on my website, NadiaMarieSasso.com and go under projects and you can click Am I the Film and you can literally watch it for like a, a donation of $10. A donation of only $10? Go out watch the film, please. Yeah. <laughs> of you go watch this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how important is media to you? Though? How important, you know, like you, you are building this incredible, incredible brand uh, with media. How important is media to you? How do you see it in this year, 21st century, 2021 that we live in? I see media as a very powerful tool, right? Uh, if you think about it, like look at the conversation we're having, right? When, um, as we talk about it in the black community, right? African-Americans, they're perception of Africans is the first thing is media and vice versa, right? Or our perception about a lot of things now is media. And then with internet, we talk about digital media, it's even, it has removed boundaries because before you're like, you don't you don't understand or touch certain things because you can't get there. Mm -hmm. But now with the Zoom, with internet, we can kind of go anywhere that we want to go and be a part of so many different conversations and meeting different people. So I think media is so um, important um, as borders are no longer as um, rigid and structured. And I think it's a place where people who are creating these um, media projects and films and TV have way more power than they think they do. 
And they should really be able to utilize that in a great way and really understand the power that they hold and what they're doing from the representation that we see on films to the final product, really, really um, take that seriously. Is it difficult for you as, you know, like having intersectionalities as a black woman, African, you know, you know, woman and then black in, in LA, like, is it difficult or easier for you? Are you finding that in, in this era, like, you know, things are, things are shaping up better for, for you? Ooh, is it easier? I wouldn't say easier. I think that it depends on the space, the time and what's happening because the reality is people don't really keep it 100. And uh, while there's like, oh, we want to support black women. We want to support black people with all the things that are happening with George Floyd and stuff like that. I think it's very, we should acknowledge that things are becoming a little bit more accessible, but they're not necessarily easier. And that I always tell people like, if you get in that door and you're able to do what you're doing, um, leave the door open, leave a ladder, you know what I'm saying? Like make sure that you're able to pull other people in the room with you because the reality is that we're still not in these spaces. Mm -hmm. So like I recently launched an app with a, a friend of mine called Belater Box where, um, where we're really trying to get more black people are like oh where are the we're, you know you're in LA and people are like or oh, you're just anywhere these major companies and corporations are like we don't know where the black people are okay so you know I'm on a commercial what four or five months ago for the Olympics and there's only two of us in the out of hundreds of people on set that are with melanin to mm -hmm. me that is like what for the Olympics, something that is global, that is worldly, that's unacceptable. We're not even talking about, there was no black people of talent, you know, for this commercial that I worked on, let alone, you know, the two people that are there are behind, you know, behind the cameras. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show you that, um, and I'm, I was the only black woman in the space, but it just goes to show you that even with these major corporations, these major companies and what's happening, there's still a lack of, of, of room for us in the media space. Um, even when you think about film schools and media schools, they're so expensive. They rarely give scholarships, which is why I kind of took the academic route into this film, into this, this, this more scholarly route, because it, who, who can afford that? So we're already... It's just so many disadvantages that we don't see that I don't want us to get blinded by the little bit of headway that we're making. I think we should, you know, we can appreciate, but I think we should keep fighting and we should keep pushing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the app. Um, what is, you know, Nadia Marie and Co? Like, what, what does it encompass? Is it, you know, a consulting? Is it a, a press? You know, because when you talk about media, it's huge, huge industry, like science, right? Theory, right, right? right. So you're not really, you know, film. So what is, you know, uh, Nadia Marie and Co company? Oh, Nadia Marie & Co. Company is a boutique media and consulting firm. And so basically with Nadia Marie & Co., I have about six people that work for me. And we really just manage anything from consulting with different companies on different projects. Um, for instance, um, if someone's working on a project and they need to know more about you know, black history or research or whatever, we're helping them with that. If you're here to produce a project, whether it's a film and you have an idea and a concept, we probably, you know, we can get that done as well. Uh, so it ranges from consulting to producing media and um, yeah, and working with clients in that way. And another aspect, I believe if I'm right in this is, you know, using, you know, that media as a dynamic uh, tool platform to help people tell and own their stories. What, what essentially yeah. does that mean, you know, owning, your story what does that mean really 
it really means like really just embracing who you are and all of that what it is and really just being authentic at all times and i say that because too many when i first started Nadia Marie and Co in 2013 2012 um even before then uh people when you're working with like when i'm working with small businesses or just businesses in general it's kind of like well how are we instead of speaking sometimes to ourselves and our community we want to speak to the general population too overly too much when they don't really care about your product and what you're doing why are we speaking to other people instead of speaking to ourselves why are we not or for instance if I'm making a shea butter, if I'm selling shea butter, I'm working with a shea butter company, why are we not, why are you not telling your story of why shea butter is so important for melanin, melanated skin? Why are you not saying how you make these products so people can um, understand your story and then, you know, not be feeling like they're being overly salesy or over, oversold and different things like that. So it ranges from whether you are selling a product, working on something, trying to promote your business or creating a film or a marketing campaign. What is the story? What's the truth? What it makes this authentic? What makes this dope? What makes, why should anyone care? How is that accomplished? How is that a, a storytelling? So mm -hmm. you ask me, what is Naughty Marie and Co? Why does it range, you know, media to consulting to different things like that? Everything has a story. Everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people do take for granted the importance of that story being told. Uh, speaking of stories, you know, going back a little bit, your grandma, you know, her story, having a, you know, African doll business um, that, you know, actually landed in the Smithsonian. Would you say, you know, her being entrepreneur is what, you know, crafted a person you are today? Definitely. I think her hustle is definitely unmatched in our family. You know, I think she definitely has the American dream story to a certain extent in terms of coming to America off of her husband's student visa. And then, you know, recently learning that she ended up, he didn't know, he never wanted her to work. She came here with dreams to be a fashion designer, but end up being like this tailor. But there's a difference between a tailor and a fashion designer. Right. And, um, you know, and then working jobs, cleaning for people's houses, and then those people giving her her, her actual like papers, and then her being able to file for her entire family, and then working her way up from being like someone who was house cleaning to literally owning multiple businesses. Um, also being like, a manager of project housing so i'm like how do you do all of this with four or five kids like mm -hmm. what <laughs> in dc um so i definitely think her hustle and who she is definitely mapped out a lot of things she had us i say once before like she had us information i remember when she started her doll company it was like well if i can't really make the fashion i want for people then i can make dolls right and she used to tell my mom was never allowed to buy me white dolls or different things like that she was like my mom's like, well, I can't find any. And so she decided to make them and then make their clothes. And mm -hmm. then she would make us do their hair. So one person was responsible for painting nail polish. One person was responsible for hairs. One person glued the head tie wrap on them. Somebody had skirts. We were literally in an assembly line as grandkids, just helping her build this doll business. And so seeing her work that hard, I think it was just, especially as the oldest grandchild, it was like, she used to say the front foot follows the back foot. So everybody mm -hmm. else is going to follow you. So you bet, you know, you better get in line, get your shit together. Ah, I, love <laughs> I love it. How, you know, like, um, are you able to, to, to sustain yourself, you know, with, uh, 
uh, not in Marine Corps right now as a full time? Like, is it full time? You have you know side projects that you're working on? No, not in Marine Corps full time. I tell you this, I haven't told this story yet. I'm still. Um, I even have to remind myself to own my own story. <laughs> but coming to LA, you know, I came here early before even finishing my dissertation. I was like, oh, I'm going to get here early, mm-hmm. get acclimated so I can get a job in the industry and it's going to be all great and da 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 da. And mm-hmm. I can, I've applied to over 60 or 70 jobs and have mm-hmm. not been, mm-hmm. I will make it to the end line and just like, oh, you're great. Or, you know, you're working on things and you're working with um, people and they're like you know you're too much of a boss I gotta let you go because you just you're the boss you're not Mm -hmm. really (laughs) the employee and I say all this to say that a lot of people will be hurt by a lot of these things and a lot of people will be depressed and yes it is you know very hard but God has shown me that that's not really what I'm supposed to be doing Nadia Marie and Co is the way because I've been able to sustain myself provide for myself and even hire people which I would have never thought was going Mm -hmm. to happen so yeah, Naughty Marie Co. is the bread and butter right now. And I'm truly blessed to to be able to, you know, bring it all together. <laughs> what's, your, what's your advice? So, you know, somebody's like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm scared. You know, I'm trying to watch L.A., Arkansas, wherever it is. It don't got to be L.A., Prairie, whatever. <laughs> what is your advice to that young lady, young man right now? It's like, you know, trying to break through in the film industry and media and what you're doing. I would say, um, I literally just had this conversation with a friend of mine who was visiting. I would say that you literally have to live by faith more than you have to live by what's in black and white because we also come from a culture and a community where stability and a nine to five is like the only way. And so Mm -hmm. you're gonna be going against the grain. You're going to be taking the road less traveled. So you kind of want to also have mentors and people around you that kind of understand what it is that you're going through. And you're also building a network where you guys are sharing resources and helping each other to kind of grow, you know? Because mm-hmm. if not, you're gonna feel crazy and this shit this shit is gonna is gonna fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would also um in addition to like living by faith, you gotta be creative. You you also I'm telling people too as they want to come into this industry like set up yourself for greatness like if you you know jay-z once said i'm not a businessman i'm a businessman like set up your business stuff like have all your paperwork in order so then that way you can take advantage of um grants and different things so because as the pandemic taught us like things can go left really quickly and how are you mm-hmm. able to sustain yourself i also tell people understand what your your worth so what what does it take if you're working if you want to work five days a week or four days a week how much money do you need to make on a yearly basis a Mm -hmm. quarterly basis monthly basis daily basis and an hourly basis right so you know what to charge people so you're not stressed out and burnt out because you're not making enough money to survive Mm -hmm. for you know the filmmaker somebody who has a film project right now and is sitting on it you know don't know how to you know, go marketing it, putting it out, you know, like what some advice you can give them and like get in that project that they make. I know a lot and I'm asking this question specifically for them. Okay. To get it out there to the masses. I would say getting out to the masses, Um, as cliche as it may sound, collaboration is key, right? Mm-hmm. So collaborating with the right people and also understanding that collaboration is a two-way street. So what do you bring to the table? What can that person bring to the table and sharing audiences? 
Um, that can be as something as simple, simple as like going live on, you know, on IG, going into Clubhouse, you know, like it can be collaborating on social, it could be collaborating in person, it can be doing events. I would also say, don't, you know, understand who, who's in your pocket, right? This is the first step I always tell people because we take for granted people we know. So making a list of who do you know and what are they capable of in reaching out, the worst thing anyone can say is no. Mm -hmm. And if they say no, you can always ask why. Mm -hmm. And and you or you can ask again, give it some time. I would also say so collaboration, um, making a list of your resources and people you know. Um, of course, I think we mentioned social media, of course. Um knowing how to understand and navigate that space and just create. People think that when you create a film or you create a project that it's only one way to talk about that subject matter, but creating other avenues in which you can kind of use that to promote. So whether it like for me, if, if I'm creating a film about, I don't know, interior design. So then what am I doing like a photo project with that, that can help promote that film? Am I mm-hmm. interviewing interior designers? And then at the end of every interview telling them, hey, have you watched this project and to share it? You know, like how can you uh, be creative and create other verticals, brand verticals from the product mm-hmm. that you created that can lead back to that product? Mm-hmm. Love it. What's next? What's next for Nadia and Cole? What's next for you personally? What's next? What's next? What is next? So right now, I'm definitely diving into uh, creating more, con- creating even more content, especially um, owning my own personal story and sharing that and really trying to get this app off the ground later is like one of my main, um, my main focuses right now as well, because with that app, I think comes a lot of things of my journey that I wish that I had. So mentorship, access, resources, and really just answering even a lot of the questions that you've had for me today. So how am I doing that uh, for the community and being supportive? Um, And I would also say really just for me on a personal journey is rethinking a lot of the way my work ethic has been set up (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because I recently experienced a lot of burnout in the last year. So really just trying to, how can I work smarter instead of harder and expand my team and then delve into more, um, delve into more investments and different things like that. Investments. All right. Now (laughs) (laughs) did did COVID like slow you down? You know, like you you, you speak about burnout last year. Did Did COVID slow you down or was it, you know, a blessing? Ooh, it was a little bit of both, actually, because pre-COVID, like everything was about to hit the ground. I was about to go on tour again. I was doing events and all those things. So everything that was in person stopped. However, I would say everything business-wise and behind the scene, COVID gave me a chance to restructure myself and really build something that's a little bit more sturdier to withstand a lot of the... um, the influx of business that was coming in. So I'm actually really thankful for COVID because I probably would have had an even heavier burnout had I not taken the time to reevaluate my business structure and foundation. Mm-hmm. So what's next for, you know, like this year, you already laid it all out. You're going back on tour, you said? Yes, I'm going back on tour this year is the goal. So when you said tour, like what, what, are, you, what are you doing? And like how- So you- right now I'm actually working on, um, so the album covers that you saw, the 31, um, 
the 31, uh, you know, the 13 albums to 31, really what before COVID that was supposed to be a tour. It was an art installation where I was taking the covers and I was putting them side by side with mirrors so people can see themselves as well in these projects mm -hmm. and albums with these artists. Mm -hmm. And really we had called it a because she said so. So really just talking about what it means to be an unapologetic black woman. So really picking that back up where it left off is the goal, whether virtually or in person, as we still don't know the state of coronavirus. And um, I did mention the app, you know, pushing that a little bit more. We recently gave out grants to creatives within the community. So uh, meeting with a lot more investors and different things like that to really um, provide more resources for, for folks and mentorship and, um, yeah, and doing more content. So I've been doing a lot more cultural influencing with companies and campaigns. And so just making sure that I'm working with the right campaigns to and companies to really uh, further push, you know, black narratives. And of course, going back to Sierra Leone sometime. Yes, and definitely going back to Sierra Leone. Hopefully this December is the goal, but we'll, we'll see, you know, everything. You going there for business. Um, so I go, I try to go for at least a month for business and also for to hang, you know, to really touch base with family. So my grandfather, he's relocating back to Sierra Leone. My grandmother just moved there. So I would love to just spend some quality time with them because I lost my other grandfather last year as well. So really just like I said before, really changing a lot of my work, 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 work to kind of a little bit more work, work, but then also being more intentional and present with family and even myself. I love it. Listen, she's moving, shaking all things digital. Co-host of Speaker Box Podcast and the creator of the Blader Box. We are pleased to have Nadia Marie Sasso on Stuck in Your Podcast. Incredible conversation. You appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me and for really giving people like myself a platform to really just express themselves and share our stories. You you know, this is this means a lot. Nah, nah, listen, it's our pleasure. Hold it down out there in LA now. I will. Hopefully you come visit soon. Hey, you can me out there. I'm going to let you know. We're going to link up for sure. Okay, for sure. All right. Listen, if you enjoy what you watch on YouTube, what you heard, washing dishes, riding around, we've had Marie Sasso on the podcast. Dr. Marie Sasso on the podcast. Listen, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you get updates every time I drop something new. AK in the background producing. Tutu right here dancing. Shout out to Ma. Shout out to Achiri. Shout out to uh, Inez, the whole team. Email us if you want to reach out, SRTM Podcast on all social media platforms. I am Reflex, your host. We appreciate you joining us this week. This is Stucky Middle Podcast, and we are out. Hey, everybody. This is your girl, Tutu, and make sure you check out our online store so you can get some SITM merch. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you hit up all our videos. We got some dope content on the way as well. Make sure you also subscribe, hit that bell notification, and check us out because we got more in store.